Hello, I'm Heidi Wheeler. Hi, this is Erica Turner. And we are Bridge the Divide Cedarburg. And today we want to just introduce ourselves and talk about our group, uh, what we're doing, what our purpose is, and how we want to influence the Ozaki County area. Um, so I thought we could start by just talking about who we are, how we met, and how we got our group going. So um, like I said, my name's Heidi, and I'm at Erica at church. Um, at the time, I was, an edi- I was editing a small local magazine and looking for interesting families. I had moved to Wisconsin about a year before, and I had always lived in urban areas uh, before I moved to Cedarburg, Mequon area, and um, thought one of the first things that hit me here is how, how, what the lack of diversity that we had. And Erica was one of just a handful of people of color in our congregation. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, I had been reading books on racial injustice and wanted to know what her experience was like. So I was happy to talk. I, it, it's a, one of the things you find with living in um, a homogenous area where most of the people don't look like you is conversations about race happen quietly in your home with just your family and not really out with anyone else you don't feel like you can talk to anyone else about. So it was very nice to have somebody to talk to about it. So yeah, we we told Erica's story in the magazine, and that brought forward a few people who were interested in hearing more. And she was, I mean, you really had kind of a lot of of experiences in this community that that you, as a white person, I would have never experienced or mm-hmm. known about had, you know, I not heard your perspective. It was pretty different than than any other white person living here. Right. And as a child, I was always taught that you can't come to the table or talk about a problem if you don't also come with a solution. Otherwise, it's just whining. So if you don't have a way to fix it, you don't necessarily stand in the middle of the street and tell everybody your woes because then it just feels like whining. So... Again, we didn't talk didn't talk about it much. But then you started talking. <laughs> now you can't stop me. <laughs> now you can't stop her. <laughs> really, I, I remember you saying that uh, it was the uh, what was happening in Milwaukee at the time. Yep. You want to talk about that a little bit? We'll yeah, yeah. It was we we've been here for almost almost ten years, nine years, and we don't necessarily have different experiences now than we had nine years ago. They're kind of the same. Um, we don't have outright um, racist comments yelled at us every day. So the kind of things that we saw were pretty pretty covert. Maybe they were subconscious from the people that we were interacting with. But then a few years ago when we had the, uh, the issues with Sherman Park and on the news every day, we were kind of sitting, again, my family huddled in the living room, sitting, watching the city next door burn Mm -hmm. and just hurt and anger and the city that I lived in just looked like nothing was happening so I think that was kind of a a wake-up call to me again not that anything new or different was happening but the realization that my backyard didn't understand it didn't Mm -hmm. see it 
intentionally or unintentionally, mm-hmm. I don't know, but they didn't see it. And it, it, I felt kind of compelled, like we have to show them because they don't see it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's different when you feel like somebody's doing something intentionally, but when they really don't know and don't see, then it seems like it's your job to show them and mm-hmm. then maybe they would understand. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's what it felt like. You have, to, you have to talk and you have to talk to people about your experiences and maybe they'll see from your perspective mm-hmm. and understand a little better. Yeah, so you, I mean... You couldn't not be silent anymore. Right, right. Because it was just too stark of a contrast. It was. There was people burning, riots, pain, anger. Lots of, yeah. And then around here, everything looked exactly the same. It looked fine. (laughs) So when did, you know, when did you get the idea to form a group officially? Um, I think social media for its, its, uh, it's fantastic, you know, spread of news and you can see everything happening across the country also had some things to kind of hide behind. And I saw a lot of memes, videos, posts that I thought, well, you know, this is, it's widespread. You can see what's happening here. So maybe I should try to talk to people the same way the negative information was getting out. Maybe I could put some, some positive information out. I kind of tried that a little bit and saw and felt like it was being overshadowed by the negative. So I remember putting a post up saying, how about we just stop using social media and let's talk in person? Mm. Who wants to do it? Mm-hmm. And I don't think I got very, very many, very many uh, likes, comments, anything about it. I thought, huh, okay. And I think I tried it a couple more times and I got a couple of people and then we sat in my house and Talked about, I think it's probably four people that came. Oh, I remember Josh yep. was there. And my Josh came, yep. yep. Heidi's husband came, and we kind of sat in the living room, and they said, oh, thanks, Erica, for doing this, so what do you want to do? And I said, I have absolutely no idea. Mm-hmm. I just knew it had to be not that, something different, something better, but I didn't know what. So that's mm-hmm. that's how we started, and we kept, we just, we talked about a few things and decided, well, we should do this again. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's do it again. And I live in the, the postage stamp community in the city of Cedarburg, so Probably five is the most I can sit comfortably in my living room. <laughs> so we decided to meet somewhere else. And um, we had probably 10 or 15 people show up in Fiddleheads, mm-hmm. the top of Fiddleheads. We met there a few times and then um, ended up getting at least 30 people at one meeting. And the library uh, talked to the library who said, you know, you, we should really sponsor you as a series and you can meet here in the community room. Yay. So then it was a regular, a regular group of people meeting every month. It's very good. Surprising. (laughs) So you said that you've built up to 30, and I've counted 50 at some of these meetings. Right. Um, So you're getting more and more attendance. But what is it that people are coming to? Have you become an entity? Hmm. That's a good question. I have a name. We have a name. We are Bridge the Divide. That only took, I don't know, three months to figure out. It took us a while, yeah. (laughs) So we we have um, we have a name. We have a um, a mission statement, um, and our mission statement is uh, a forum for discussion and action around racial reconciliation. We seek to identify instances of inequality, foster empathy, and educate others to recognize their part in the problems and the solutions in Ozaki County. Mm-hmm. So it's a. I think that we try each meeting to talk about something that's happening so again that we can recognize what the problem is um there's a fair amount of time spent 
encouraging people who come to educate themselves so that it doesn't turn into a lecture every day mm -hmm. and you come and you hear whomever is speaking, you hear what they have to say and do what they tell you. It's right. about bringing in some information, giving you maybe some resources and something to think about, and then you have to walk out of there and do more, do something, book study, listen to podcasts, do something when you leave to make yourself know a little bit more the next time you come in and be a little bit more engaged. Right. So I think we should talk more about some of the things that we've done so far mm -hmm. in a minute, but I think we should clarify that this is really, I don't know if I should say it's your baby or it's your brainchild. <laughs> I don't, it's, it, I mean, it's, it's really consumed your life. I've, I've watched this happen, um, from you not saying much and feeling like you didn't have a voice to, I can't not speak. Right. And right. then <laughs> taking over basically the whole greater Milwaukee area with your networking and finding people with like minds. And I mean, you're just like, you're the best networker I've ever seen. It's pretty fun for an introvert. That's pretty good. huh? It is good. <laughs> and so really it's become your part-time job. Um, I would say that you're our leader and I mean, definitely you are, you are the brainchild for the meetings and, um, and you are finding new ideas all the time for activities we can do and meeting new people and bringing people together um, my role has been um, just really more in the beginning. I kind of helped you got or organized. We brainstormed the mission statement together and some of our, you know, who, what do we care to do with this group? And then um, I'll make you posters or I do whatever Erica tells me to do, basically. Uh, it's, it's good. It's good to have a partner in crime to not that I can have a crazy idea and go, Heidi? <laughs> This is what I just thought of. And she goes, mm -hmm. uh -huh. you yeah. did think of that, mm -hmm. didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> I usually tell you it's a good idea, I think. Because it usually is. It's funny, though, because you're only about five years older than me. Yeah. But yep. you're in a really different season of life. Definitely. She has raised three amazing children, and they are, these kids are awesome. And I have four young children, and so I kind of look up to you. <laughs> um, but it's it's been fun to work together. And so uh, we've enjoyed We've enjoyed it and uh, enjoy the idea of speaking more regularly on the topic mm -hmm. in a podcast, I think. I think so. And and spending some time writing about it. Yep. So I think whenever Heidi gets a chance to, it, in a part of her, because I feel like it's a part of your life too. You, it is, yeah. Even though that we, we look different, that it that it's really a part of your life and you spend time trying to educate others and help them find their way in it so mm -hmm. the the writing that you're doing I think just it it gets a different group of people not everybody is touched by the same thing in the same way so I, I appreciate that too mm. thanks um all right let's talk about what we've what we've done so far maybe and um, what we're hoping to do in the future after the break Saturdays have gone tech on CPL Radio. A full day of news from the world of technology, brought to you from the Twit Network out of Petaluma, California. Start your day with Tech News Weekly at 9 a.m., an in-depth look at the fast-paced world of technology and how it's changing our lives. The latest in Google and cloud computing news follows at 10 a.m. with This Week in Google, hosted by Leo Laporte, and Jeff Jarvis. 
Get the latest Apple news and views from the top names in Mac, iPhone, iPod, and iPad journalism at noon with Mac Break Weekly. More from the world of Apple at 2 p.m. with iOS Today. Highlighting the best apps, most helpful tools, coolest tricks, and essential news surrounding iOS. Sharing the excitement and importance of ham radio. From tossing an antenna wire into a tree, allowing you to talk to the world, to the importance of ham radio operators in times of disaster. Ham Nation airs at 4 p.m. Finally, Triangulation completes the lineup at 5.30 p.m. In-depth interviews with the smartest people in the world about the most important topics in technology. Netcasts you love from people you trust from the Twit Network. All day, every Saturday on CPL Radio. Okay, so things we've done this year. It's been a busy year. It's been kind of busy. You, you've kind of been manic, actually. <laughs> I think you're right. So I have to sleep. The We're next nurses, year. so we can say these kind of things. <laughs> no, <I can't. laughs> um, and we'll talk about that some other time. Right. But so, uh, Bridge the Divide Cedarburg has met. I don't know how many times. I want to say that the the official start at the library was January of this year. Mm-hmm. So January through July. June, 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 maybe six times and then try to take off for the summer because everybody gets so busy and it just, right. it, um, you know, you don't want to feel stressed about it. It's supposed to be a, an opportunity, not, you know, a right. stress inducing <laughs> meeting I have to go to. And you bring treats and coffee. I so try. That's yes. Always helpful yes. Too. Yes. Um, so we, at each meeting you've, you've really had, um, a theme or a special guest or a panel. Do you want to talk about some of the, right, some right. Of the highlights? Um, we try to bring people uh, from, we have a, a group in Whitefish Bay that we really partner with a lot called One Circle Forward. So uh, they've been on the journey a little longer than we have. So sometimes we ask them to come and tell us how they're doing. We have lots of uh, groups that are already up and going in Milwaukee County that we are we're trying to do the same work. So there mm-hmm. isn't a purpose in trying to compete or outdo what, if they're having an event or if they have a group um, that's doing something, then we can just invite our group to engage with them or learn from them. So we do a lot of that. We had um, a nice um, series. It wasn't a series. It was a maybe a seminar type with Reggie Jackson, mm-hmm. who just has tons and tons of knowledge and we um, hosted that out at uh, at Concordia mm-hmm. um, so that we try to just bring in things that are people that will that will inspire us to do some things or maybe people that have already done some things that we can learn from mm-hmm. and bring them in. We, we also try to diversify your world, listening to different kinds of music that you haven't heard mm-hmm. before. So uh, just... Saturday. couple days ago, just Saturday, mm-hmm. right? We had Sister Strings come up, uh, um, beautiful sisters that come up. One uh, one plays cello and one plays the violin, and we were able to host them at Advent Church this weekend, and we had a nice little interview with them also. Hi. 
it's Erica Turner with Bridge the Divide in Cedarburg, Wisconsin. I am here with Shanti and Monique of Sister Strings. How are you? Hello. We're great. Wow. Good. <laughs> Twins. Twins. I, I have the simplest question for you to start out, and it's how in the world did Sister Strings get started? Sure. Yeah, <laughs> I guess. Well, Sister Strings... We've always been playing together. Absolutely. Um, it wasn't officially Sister Strings until about 2014. But Monique mm-hmm. and I, being sisters, we grew up playing music together in the household. With our uh, older siblings, we have three more siblings. Mm-hmm. Before, we were uh, Sisters of Praise yep. with two of our other sisters. Yep. Back when we were like probably about between the ages of like Jeez. six yeah. and like okay. up mm-hmm. until... Rakina went to college, our oldest sister. Mm -hmm. So we all played together, sang together. We did string quartets together. Um, Our oldest sister played viola. And then the one one, uh, five years younger than her played violin. Mm -hmm. And our brother was a pianist and trumpet player. Yes. Yes. So then everybody split up and Mm -hmm. went to college and whatnot. And then I moved back to Milwaukee from being at University of Michigan for five years and Mm -hmm. moved back to Milwaukee. And and Monique and I. After having my daughter. Yeah. We were both back in Milwaukee. Mm -hmm. So we were like, we better start gigging. That's it. You know? (laughs) So we decided to. We'd usually been like the Ross sisters or Deborah Maurice's daughters. So we were like, we need to get an official professional thing done. Mm -hmm. And Sister Strings came about. So that was it. 2014. Mm-hmm. Okay, yes. okay. And you um, obviously have a very different sound. So what kind of inspirations have you had to come up with the sound that you have now? Uh, you know, I always say it's a combination of our favorite types of music or music that have meant something to us. Uh, we were classically trained growing up, so that's a big influence. Yes. Uh, but also we grew up in church and playing gospel music. Right. And um like Shanti, she went to an awesome school for like learning jazz music or like around beautiful jazz musicians. Um, so it's like jazz influence and like meeting other friends and collaborating. Um, so it's kind of a mishmash of, mishmash. Our, <laughs> of our favorite sounds. All right, it's a good one though. We'll take it. Um, and and uh, for those who can't see you, you are African American. And yeah. what what does that? What does that mean for you? I mean, how are you inspiring just by being who you are, the diversity in the arts? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's definitely, I would love to answer this one because yeah. I remember, I just feel like as a string player, a young black woman string player, especially, mm-hmm. that I do have a responsibility to give back to my community mm-hmm. that allows me to do this wonderful job of being a musician. And I feel really blessed. Mm-hmm. So, it's amazing. Like a lot of times, you can just play a note and people are inspired. It's just it's it's something about seeing something out of the norm mm-hmm. that usually you think classical music, you think um, of like old white men, you know. Mm-hmm. And here you have this young black girl with like blue hair and like a yeah. septum ring in her nose, <laughs> right. like playing concerto. So it's, there's something about seeing something different, and Absolutely. I just. There's now, like, we have the internet. Like, when I was growing up, I didn't get to watch YouTube videos of Black Violin or Damien Escobar Mm -hmm. or all these other string musicians who are breaking the mold, so to say, with their string instruments. So Mm -hmm. it's really a lot of my students I teach at the Milwaukee Youth Symphony Orchestra for their progressions program. I teach viola there. Mm -hmm. And it's really great because I have all these little... Most of my students are students of color. And I have all these little girls who are now trying to put color in their hands. Right. You know, yes. like, 
who are like super you. proud to play viola Absolutely. and violin and think that it's so cool mm-hmm. because they they can see that and i love that because diversity in the arts is really important to us because right. music is for everyone right absolutely you know? right. absolutely right and i did see a video recently um for Liberthad. And you yes. were, what was that about? What, what are you doing? Um, our friend Macau, he put together working with people and had this idea of this beautiful project. Like, I was very honored that he asked us to even be a part of it. Um, but what our part with it was um, recording the song and we sang with it. But I also was able to come for one day and be there with the students while recording the video. Just like having a lot of fun and like hearing what they thought about music. They're like, oh, I want to do this. Or like playing it. Or just like talking to them and connecting and trying to practice Spanish. They're like, you don't know Spanish. I just said, I'm just like, oh yeah, you're right. I sure know. Those Those kids were in middle school. Okay. Those are middle school students. Um, But uh, yeah, that was beautiful. And like what they're doing, working with those children, I think is very beautiful and seeing their relationships and how much those kids respect them. So that was awesome to be able to be a part of that. Good, good. So then, I guess last of all, tell me what's next. What are you doing? I mean, after today, hanging out in Cedarburg, which is obviously pretty cool. (laughs) What happens next for you guys? What's happening next is we are working on our first project. Mm -hmm. So we've been working on it for the past, you know, couple of months like <laughs> quietly and then now pretty loudly sometimes yes. but hopefully we'll have a surprise something coming soon and mm-hmm. um, we'll finally be able to have content because yes. we've been playing all these shows I always used to say like Sister Strings is old school in the way that like you have to come to a show if you want to hear right. it like, mm-hmm. right. you're not gonna like get find like spread by word of mouth yeah, <laughs> which is really cool and yeah. speaks to how awesome and blessed we are to have an audience that like mm-hmm. actually goes and tells their friends like exactly. come out right. to the show or right. I mm-hmm. can't be there like they send other people there which right. is really awesome especially Absolutely. in this day and age where everything is like you know on your fingertips like you should be able to why can't I hear you at five seconds you right, know? Right, you, right. Nope, you gotta put in effort and come see so we'll change it we'll change it up we'll change yep. it up okay that sounds good I'll be listening so that I can spread the word up this way we appreciate you coming Goodbye. thank you very much thank you next event crossing the line uh you want to tell us what what that's about right we have um three weeks of it's a a visual display that's going to be here at the cedarburg library um and it really is kind of digging down into what it was like um in the late 60s in milwaukee with the uh, fair housing marches so Again, about perspective. We have people that have lived out in the suburbs for a while just don't even understand some of the mm-hmm. things that happened in the city and, and what happened and, and how difficult it was for the folks that lived there. So we have, uh, I think there are eight or ten panels that are going to be on display for three weeks here. There are large banners telling the story with pictures. Mm-hmm. be a great thing to bring your kids to. Definitely. Um, any any Anyone who doesn't know the history, which I don't know much about the history mm-hmm. of that, mm-hmm. um, 
can learn from these panels. So they'll be displayed August 8th through 28th at the Cedarburg Public Library. Right. And hopefully we'll be able to get uh, an interview with some folks, a, a few folks that can tell us what it was like for them during that, that time frame. Mm-hmm. First-hand perspective. Mm-hmm. So um, we loved having this podcast, and we hope to bring many interesting guests in the future. Mm-hmm. And we'd and lo- you don't have to wait for a podcast. You can you can show up at the meeting. The meetings are, are public mm-hmm. open meetings in the community room uh, at the library. The next one is scheduled for Tuesday, September 4th. 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. So you can just show up. We'd be happy to have you join us in the work. Thanks for listening. Thank you.